Hey, how are you doing? No, but seriously, how are you feeling? Wow. I just want to firstly, hello, my name is Inez Bai. I am the host of this podcast. I'm a health and fitness coach, and I'm here to help you also build a resilient mindset, which I know is so important in this time. And if anything we have learned right now is that how fragile life is and how important it is to truly take care of ourselves and to finally prioritize our self-care because it really does have such a huge impact on the entire world around us, everyone else around us, and our ability to experience life in its fullest capacity so i want to know how are you really feeling at the moment just let yourself feel whatever you want to feel (sighs) maybe write it down (laughs) maybe you need to call a friend maybe you need a nap maybe you need a snack and whatever it is i just want you to really honor it in this time and today's episode as you're honoring whatever you need to feel maybe you're preparing yourself a cup of tea maybe you're lying down for a nap and i'm going to join you in your cozy little bed today's episode is actually a recording i did of a webinar for WeWork. i did a virtual lunch and learn for them and it was all about my three ways of coping better with uncertainty and so that you can kind of find the light in this situation that we are currently in which i don't need to remind you about so as it is a webinar i kind of like talk to the participants in the webinar but i think it's going to be really helpful for you to have these coping strategies and to just to learn some different perspectives because it's always really helpful. And also at the end of the day, this is really just going to give you a little bit of a boost as well. So I am really open to hearing any sort of feedback and any sort of topics you would like me to talk about on the podcast. DM me on Instagram. It's Inez Bai. That's I-N-E-Z-B-Y-E. And let me know what topics you want me to talk about or maybe guests that you would like me to interview. I feel like now is a really good time for us to be interviewing and sharing as much information as we can because I know personally... I've been working really hard on my mindset, especially over the past two years. So I have lots of tools in my toolbox, but I would really love to hear from you as my lovely listener, which is why I create this podcast, what you are most struggling with and what you would really love to know more on. So let me know, DM me on Instagram, slide on in. I'm keen to hear from you. If you listen to this episode and you feel like it might be beneficial for your workplace to have a lunch and learn with me hosting it, I'm more than happy to do a Zoom virtual lunch and learn. So just send me a DM and we can chat about options as well, or if you have a workplace or some other kind of group that you would like me to present and help offer some mindset, self-care and health and fitness tips. I have lots and lots of webinars up my belt and I love doing them. I love bringing a community together. You'll hear that my energy is high because I really enjoy being able to share all of the things that I have learned through my lived experience and also through all of my training. So yeah, just send me a DM on Instagram and we can have a chat about how I can help you. So enjoy this podcast episode. It's a good one. Um, like I said, it is a webinar recording, but you're still going to get lots and lots of value from it. And if you are enjoying it, I would absolutely love if you could take a screenshot, share this on your story and tag me. All right. Bye. Welcome, everyone. Um, you can obviously just listen as we go along. My name is Inez Bai. I'm going to be your host. Welcome to my bedroom. This is what it's all about in this new work from home life out here. Um, so let's get started. I'm going to share with you my desktop. Okay, so when life gets cancelled, wow, what a time. How exciting. So obviously, if you have any questions as we go along, you're more than welcome to just pop them in the chat box. Um, and I'll do a little Q&A at the end if there are any questions. If there aren't, that's totally fine. You're more than welcome to just listen, take in what you want. Um, as always, with all of the teachings that I ever do, I'm obviously giving you things that have worked with my clients, that have worked in my own personal journey, and that are also 
obviously backed by science. So the work that I do is really quite a blend of mindset strategies, but also looking at um, things that are evidence-based because I do have a background in applied science. So what I found has been the most effective is to really use a blend of that kind of more anecdotal mindset side of things and blending it with things that are evidence-based and more scientific. So that's kind of what we're going to be going through today in When Life Gets Cancelled, How to Cope better because that's what um, I feel like a lot of us are experiencing a lot of uncertainties. So I'm going to be giving you some really juicy tips around how we can really use this uncertain time to our best advantage. Like I was just talking to Brendan, how we can actually use this time to sink or swim and with the right kind of support, obviously we're not immune to feeling the feels. And that's something that I'm going to be talking about. We're going to be feeling all different kinds of feels and it's not about being positive all the time, but it's about how can we use these experiences, these tough challenges to our advantage. So yeah, a little bit about me, I'll explain a little bit more. Um, The first thing that we're going to go through today is just a little bit of relaxing, which I'm sure we have been trying to do. But I think when we work from home, the lines between relaxing and working can get really, really blurred. So I'm just going to start with a really quick breathing exercise where we're just going to kind of get out of our heads and into our bodies and just feel a little bit more grounded. So we're just going to start with breathing in for five counts. So big breath in, five, four, three, two, one, holding it into the top, and then five, four, three, two, one, breathing out. And big breath in for five, four, three, two, one, holding it at the top, and then breathing out for five, four, three, two, one. And again, big breath in for five, four, three, two, one, holding at the top and then big breath out five, four, three, two, one. I just really like to get Uh, aware of how we're breathing because what can happen when we're going through a really anxious or stressful time is that we can start to breathe really shallow and when we breathe really shallow and we start breathing through our shoulders and we stop kind of getting those like deep belly breaths is that it's basically saying to our body that we're under threat so we start breathing really fast our heart rate starts to increase and that's when we start to get more of those emotions of feeling really anxious of feeling really threatened of feeling really out of control so a really quick easy way to calm down your nervous system is to just take a moment to allow yourself to take a couple of big breaths in and out. And that's why I like to use the five second breathing. Obviously tools like meditating, journaling, I'm gonna be speaking about that as well today. But just to kind of start us off feeling a little bit more grounded and centered. So obviously I was talking about before, there are lots of uncertainties in the world. And I think what is really jarring for a lot of us is that we felt like we really had control of our lives. And what we've realized now is that actually we never had control and control is just an illusion. And the only two certain things in life are change, and as we have noticed, and also death. And I know that might sound a little bit morbid, but I think what is scaring a lot of us is that we've never really thought about our own mortality. And something that really baffles me to this day is how little we actually know about the evolution of you know human life and where we came from and where we go after we die. And again, like I know this sounds really morbid, but it's just something really interesting to think about and something that I've really noticed within myself and within my own clients is that being faced with my mortality or being faced with this idea that life is actually really precious and things can change in a week. Like I think about this time last week, how different our scenario already is within a couple of days. It just goes to show how firstly, time is really a, you know, 
a made up construct and it can be going really slow or really fast depending on what is happening or depending on what we're doing. Like one of the examples is that when we're running on the treadmill for five minutes, that seems to go a lot slower than when we're on our phone for five minutes, right? So it really is very relative to whatever experience we're having in the, at the moment. But also having this experience of noticing how precious life is and how quickly things can change has really given me, I guess, the gift of being a lot more present and being really actually clear on what it is that I do want to give my energy to. And that is why kind of thinking about your immortality can be really helpful because it helps you to kind of like this whole experience is kind of helping us to really live as if it's our last day. And it doesn't mean that we're all going to die at all. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's a experience for us to really have kind of an experience where you know, like when people have like car crashes and they come out like a different person or when they have like near death experiences and they come out different people because they suddenly realize how precious life is and where they're actually wasting their energy and how much they actually do want to live the life that they um, desire. And I've just put a quote in here by Pima Shodan and she's a Tibetan um, Buddhist, which I'm going to talk about her a little bit later on as well. She's amazing if you ever want to look her up on YouTube or anything like that. But basically I thought this quote was really relevant because it she says, if you're invested in security and certainty, you're on the wrong planet and couldn't agree with that more. And I'm sure all of you can't agree with that more too. So basically everything else in the universe, aside from knowing that change and death is going to happen, is uncertain, right? This is why building a resilient mindset is so important. And the reason why I say resilient and not necessarily positive is that I think this idea of having a positive mindset can actually be shooting ourselves in the foot. The reason being is that we are humans that exist on a spectrum of light to dark or happy and sad or work and play, right? Without one opposite end, we can't understand or comprehend what it feels like on the other side. That's why it feels so good to go on holidays when we've been working so hard. That's why we have light and day, dark and night, because we need to have those polar opposites in order to actually fully understand what the other side is. And that is the world that we exist in. So building a resilient mindset is understanding that there are going to be challenging situations. And it doesn't mean just because you are not feeling positive the whole time that you have that there's something wrong with you or that you're not coping well. It just means that you're going through the motions of life and you're being thrown these challenges for whatever reason. And having a resilient mindset means that you actually have the capacity to recover quickly from these difficulties. And you can only have a resilient mindset if you choose to see the lesson or you choose to actually recover from it, which is why I keep coming back to this analogy from we can either sink or swim. And even just by you being here for this lunch and learn, give yourselves a pat on the back because that's really you choosing, okay, I know that there's a lot happening at the moment that I can't control but this is actually one thing that I can control by coming here by putting myself in an environment of growth where you know even if you learn one thing or even if you only can relate to one thing then that's really going to help you and it might not be something that you expected and like I said if anything doesn't resonate with you then you can totally leave it but you're still putting yourself in that environment of growth which is really really important so mindset, obviously, I think we all know by now that mindset is really, really important. And it's something that I've learned in my own journey, which I'll explain a little bit more in a moment, how important really making sure that we're looking at the full spectrum of all of the factors that we can control or that we can um, explore, I suppose, you know, our mindset, but also our physical body, our environment, our routines. Mindset is one of the really key things that underpins all of those things that helps us to actually move forwards with things. And whilst we might not be able to control every single thought or feeling that pops into our head, we can always control how we respond, right? Always. We can't control anyone else's response. We can't control anyone else's behaviors. We may, you know, we may not be able to, when, often when we go to bed at night, all of these thoughts start to pop up. But what we need to focus on 
on is what we can control and that is our ability to actually respond to these thoughts and feelings. In order to do that, again, we have to take responsibility and we need to move out of automatic. So we need to move out of these automatic patterns of just waking up, putting on my slippers, making the coffee, moving to get breakfast, going to work, sitting down all day. That's just our automatic pattern. And if we never are questioning whether these things are to our benefit or or we're either questioning, can I actually control this? Then we're just living our life on automatic. So it really starts with us consciously deciding, okay, how do I actually want to live my life? How do I actually want to respond to things? And that's when we can start to really design a life that aligns with our values, a life that aligns with our goals. And that's how we can help to deal with any uncertainty that comes up because it's not about controlling what is around us. It's actually about controlling our response to that situation. So I don't know if any of you have heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza, really, really very smart guy. He's a doctor, a scientist, and a modern day mystic. Um, He's written books such as Changing the Habit of Being Yourself and Becoming Supernatural. So if mindset, but also blending it with science and really understanding like the neuroscience and quantum physics, that's what he's really all about, is something that you're interested in and you're looking for a book to read over this time where you might have a little bit more time on your hands, definitely check him out. Um, But basically through his work, through neuroscience, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza has shown us that we can actually change our habits just by thinking differently through the concept of mental rehearsal. So mental rehearsal basically means when we close our eyes and we start to rehearse things that we want to happen in the future. And the really amazing thing that he has shown is that when we really get deep into that experience and we almost, we get so deep into our imagination that it feels like it's happening right now, our brain cannot actually tell the difference between whether something is physically happening right now or it's only happening mentally in our brains. And obviously this takes a lot of practice but the really juicy thing about mentally rehearsing things is that you can start to rehearse how you would like to respond to things in the future how you would like things to go maybe you're nervous about something and you can use this mental rehearsal tactic to just imagine in your brain how you would love that thing to go and again it's really about owning okay I want to do really well at this thing or I want to respond in a really good way and allowing yourself to generate those good feelings right because emotions aren't something that we have. Emotions are actually something that we generate and we can practice generating the emotions and the responses that we do want through mentally rehearsing. Um, Dr. Joe Dispenza is a really cool guy. So this quote here, you cannot see the way out of a challenge if you're looking at it from the everyday, aka the automatic, um, from the same level of mind, emotion, thoughts, and feelings of the past. So it's really about giving yourself the permission to respond to things in a different way and really questioning, is the way that I'm responding, does that have to be the only way that I want to respond? And what are other ways that I can respond? And how can I choose to see the full picture rather than just focusing on the one thing that I can't control, which is very common of us humans, especially I do this as well all the time, to just when we get stressed to think, oh my God, that's all I can think about. And if I don't think about it, then everything's going to fall apart. And in reality, it's just about constantly questioning, well, how can I actually respond to this differently? How can I see this from a different perspective? And one of the best ways to see it from a different perspective is by constantly putting yourself in situations where you are forced to grow, where you learn other people's perspectives or beliefs so that you can start to adopt those for yourself and start to mentally rehearse those as well. So... Let's get back to who I am and why you should listen to me. So if there's one thing that I've become very familiar with over the past couple of years, it is uncertainty. So I moved out of home when I was 19, which I know isn't that amazing, but I started my own business and was basically running that full time whilst studying at uni. So I was very developed, a very big capacity to, um, handle stress, I guess. And I dealt with, I, I loved the responsibility, but I also felt a lot of 
pressure to be performing a lot of um, roles at a very young age. Um, six years later, I'd run a successful business that was really self-sufficient and it was growing and I was really well known. Um, and I moved into a new location to kind of like suit the new demands of my business. And literally about six months after I moved into that location, that business shut down. And at the time my business was a fully face-to-face business, um, and it shut down. So at that point I had to rebuild my business from, from scratch. And if you want to talk about something that is very character building, it is redesigning and rebuilding your entire business from scratch. And during this time, between the ages of about 16 to 24, so almost 10 years, I was also battling um, disordered eating and body dysmorphia. And that was something when I talk about trying to focus only on the thing that you can control, when everything else in my life seemed to be so out of my control, when the business shut down, when I wasn't sure what I was going to do next, that was food and trying to control and mold my body into a way that I thought was acceptable felt like the only thing that I could control because I didn't have any ways to cope. That was the only way that I coped. And so I kept trying to control those things that I thought I had control over, but it actually led me down to a really negative path where I was completely overwhelmed, where I was abusing exercise, abusing food. And then that's really what led me to start to understand that actually I needed to work on my mindset rather than um, trying to get my body to fit in a certain way. So now my business through coaching courses, mentoring and program serves hundreds of men and women all over the world to heal their relationship with food and exercise whilst building resilient mindsets, which basically underpins every single thing that I do. Um, I have a podcast. So if you are interested in all of this that I'm talking about today, I'm going to be talking mainly about mindset. But if you're also interested in nutrition and health and exercise, um, my podcast, The Peaceful Body Podcast, has over 20,000 downloads. Um, I've overcome lots of burnout, disordered eating, mental health breakdowns, and have also completed the degrees and certificates, of course, but that's not even that interesting. Um, So that is where I am at now. And that's why I feel like I have a lot of things to kind of teach you around how to cope with uncertainties, how to cope with feeling like you're at your rock bottom, how to cope with emotions so that you can come out of the other end, a more resilient and stronger human than ever before. So as we know, this is um, titled life as we know it may be canceled. You know, you may be working from home. We're not being as social anymore. We, there are so many things that have changed, especially in my own life. But it's really important, again, that we look at the bigger picture and understand that there are so many things that aren't cancelled. Connection isn't cancelled. Kindness isn't cancelled. Growth, what we're doing right here today, isn't cancelled. Having fun may have to be reinvented, but it's not cancelled. Sunshine isn't cancelled, although I say that and it is raining here in Sydney today. But for the most part, going going outside, hopefully if you have a backyard, isn't cancelled. So let's dive into the three ways that we can cope better considering that life as we know it has been cancelled. Number one is feeling the feels. Number two is designing a good routine. Number three is understanding the concept of impermanence and detachment. So we're going to get nice and deep today, which is what I am all about. Um, Like I said, if you do have any questions, let me know. I'm not sure if I can see them on this screen share, but I might stop um, halfway and then we can go from there. Okay, cool. So feeling the feels. This is something that I feel like for me, I had to learn the hard way, definitely leaving school and all through high school and all through uni and all through building my business. I didn't really understand that we had to honor the emotions that we were feeling. I would kind of just keep running myself really busy. As you can imagine, someone that's working full time and going to uni full time and trying to exercise and stay healthy all the time. There wasn't really very much time for like self-reflection or allowing myself to 
understand why I was feeling the way that I was feeling. I was really living my life on automatic, like I was saying that before. And so what would happen, especially because I wasn't really taking care of myself and by taking care of myself, I mean really basic things like not sleeping enough, not eating enough, not um, just having enough downtime, downtime. It would mean that I would be constantly pushing all of these feelings down and constantly trying to avoid them, constantly staying busy, until it would get to some seemingly insignificant moment that would just be the straw that breaks the camel's back and I would just fly off the handle and all of my emotions would erupt out of nowhere and I would feel so out of control and also really embarrassed because I would be like just having these emotional breakdowns all the time because I didn't know how to feel the feels and that's what I'm going to teach you today because I'm sure a lot of you are feeling a lot of the feels so I'm going to teach you how to actually process through those things really really helpful um healthy healthily Um, because if we don't process our emotions as well, that can lead to us having dis-ease within our body, right? Whether it manifests as a physical ailment or a mental illness or just a block that stops you from putting yourself out for any opportunity, whether it be professionally or personally, these things will block you and we get so good at stuffing them down that we don't even realize that there is another way to live, but there so is. From someone that has gone from one extreme to the other extreme, I can tell you that feeling the feels and processing these things and actually developing emotional strength and capacity is a really, really powerful tool to have. Um, and it, and being emotional does not mean that you have to be crying all the time. It just means being able to understand what's actually going on. Self-awareness, first key step to any sort of positive change. Something that's been going around a lot lately that I've been hearing on social media or yeah, media in general is this idea that like, you know, someone else has it worse than me. And I want you to just let go of that idea completely because whilst that may be true and truth is very relative, right? Someone else has it worse than me could literally mean anything. While someone else may have some experience that you deem to be worse off than what is going on with you, you are still going to be having your own individual experience. So I really want to give you the permission to allow yourself to feel anxious or upset or uncertain or whatever emotion that you're feeling, or maybe you're not feeling anything at all. You're allowed to feel like that without having to justify yourself. And just because someone else is having an experience does not take away from the fact that you are having your own individual response as well. So really allowing yourself to feel the feels, like I was saying. Something that is really going to become apparent to us is that we truly do all have our individual experiences. And even though, yes, there may be this one literal worldwide thing that we're all experiencing together, it was still we are still all allowed to respond and or react in a way that is um, unique to ourselves and we're allowed to own that as well. So what are feels? What are emotions? Feelings are the sensations that are felt in the body. And emotions happen when the brain processes these feels into anxiety or happiness or whatever kind of thing that you can actually notice. And feels and emotions are really the experience of feeling energy and sensations moving through your body, right? So what I want you to really notice now and over the next couple of days, even noticing now in your body, like checking in, can I feel anything anyway? Is my body trying to tell me things? And the way that our body speaks to us isn't generally in sentences or in words. It generally gives us these little sort of nudges within our body or we might feel expanded or constricted or we might feel our heart rate going fast or we might notice that we feel really tired, right? Or that we feel like we can't heavy, right? Even the act of me trying to explain these feelings is already kind of taking away from the experience of that feeling. But basically what I want to say is that emotions and feelings are energy moving through the body. And so if we don't actually move through them, they get stuck within our body. And like I said, then they can manifest in other ways. So what's really important in terms of actually moving through these emotions is finding ways to move that energy through your body. And sometimes you're going to have to really force yourself 
yourself to move that energy through your body. Like, have you ever had that feeling where you feel really sad or anxious and you know that if you exercise, you would feel better, but you feel a lot of resistance towards it? That's because your body is, has a lot of all of this energy. So it's really important to remind yourself, okay, if I'm, I need to move through this energy and the only way that I can move through it is by forcing myself to exercise. Or sometimes it is putting on a sad song and forcing yourself to cry because you might not cry otherwise. Or sometimes it is putting on a happy song to allow yourself to dance and move through it as well. Um, the reason why we have this resistance to feeling the emotions and to allowing ourselves to move through it is that our ego or our mind tries to keep us safe. And when we express any sort of emotion, it can sometimes be seen as a threat to others because others might think of us as weak or we might they might judge us for having those emotions. So our brain and our ego tries to keep us safe by not allowing ourselves to express these emotions and so that we fit in with the tribe and so that we don't get exiled, right? This comes from thousands and thousands of years ago of making sure that we stay within the tribe. So that's why it's normal to notice that resistance when it comes to feeling your emotions, but then also reminding yourself that you're actually safe right here and right now and that the only way out is through. And the quickest way to actually get through it and the most empowered way to get through it is you deciding I'm noticing there's resistance but I'm going to choose to move through it now rather than waiting for it to bubble up at a moment that maybe isn't so convenient so let's move on into emotional intelligence I'm going to have a sip of my tea all of this um talking it's making me thirsty okay so emotional intelligence so basically emotional intelligence is us having the choice to whether we want to respond to an emotion or a feeling or even really a thought as well. So a lot of the time we don't think that we have the choice to respond to something. And that's just because we haven't had much practice because it absolutely does require a lot of practice to feel an emotion come up and to actually decide, is this something that I want to respond to? Is this something that I want to give my time and energy to? And it's not about judging yourself and it's not about being like, oh, I'm having this emotion again or why am I feeling like this or it shouldn't be feeling like this. It's really about observing and noticing and having that really neutral mindset of, oh, okay, I'm experiencing resistance to having to doing this exercise. Should I listen to it? Do I want to give that energy? Or it's noticing, say, if someone says something to you and it brings up a, re a reaction within you, it's choosing, do I want to follow through with this reaction and have this um, interaction with this person or do I just want to choose to step away? Way. Now, you know, obviously, that that is going to require a lot of resilience and a lot of self-awareness. So it's really important that we do start to develop this self-awareness. And that starts by firstly feeling the feels and within your own self, acknowledging that you do have different feelings. And then secondly, being really conscious around whether or not you want to respond to something and actually deciding right now that, yes, I do have the power to control or that I have the power to choose whether or not I want to respond. And that is truly the only thing that we have the power to do. We can never, ever change change our, you know, our, uh, to some extent we can change our environment, but right now we're really experiencing how little control we do have over our environment and we can definitely not control what other people are doing. So it's really about practicing how we want to respond the best in situations. So three ways to increase our emotional intelligence. Number one is understanding that we are not defined by our emotions or thoughts, right? A lot of the time I'll hear my clients say, I am sad, or I am a perfectionist, or I am what's another label or whatever kind of label. And we really cling onto those labels because they kind of allow us to feel defined by something and they give us like a space to where we should sit or they give us something to blame as a reason to why we might react to something, right? But 
that is also not really allowing us to be empowered because we're hiding behind a label and we're sitting in that victim mentality. And that victim mentality is basically blaming something outside of yourself. And when we blame something outside of ourselves, we're giving our power away to that thing. And the best way to call our power back is by taking responsibility for our own emotions and our own reactions. And that can feel really tricky if it's something you've never done before. But it's only tricky because we believe that when we take responsibility for feeling a certain way, having reacted a certain way, that we shouldn't have reacted like that. But this is where it's really important, again, about having that neutral, observative mindset where instead of saying that was a good reaction, that was a bad feeling, or why did I feel like that? Instead, it's just noticing, okay, I had this feeling. Maybe it wasn't ideal. How can I improve it for next time, right? And just really having that non-judgmental, no praise, no... Um, making yourself get in trouble or anything like that, just really noticing how things panned out and whether or not you would like to improve that for the next time. So this is where it's really important and really um, to be discerning with your language and to choose how you're actually speaking about the way that you feel or the way the thoughts that you're having and saying, I'm feeling this or I'm experiencing this, right? Because our language really does determine our experience around us and is one of the easiest things that we can start to change right now that will help us to take more responsibility, to take our power back and actually be able to choose how we want to respond to emotions. The second way to increase our emotional intelligence is to have some sort of practice that allows us space to view our thoughts or emotions. So I actually use the app Headspace and this is not sponsored, but it should be because I literally recommend this like every single day to all of my clients and friends and family and everything like that. But in Headspace, one of the analogies that they give about meditating is that it's not about getting rid of thoughts or stopping yourself from thinking or feeling, but instead it's about taking, imagining that you, your thoughts and your feelings are like cars on a really busy highway. And without meditating, you're just sitting in the middle of it and you just feel like things are worrying without your control and just going back and forth really fast and you can't even make sense of everything. Whereas when you meditate, it allows you space to sit outside of the highway and to actually look at it a little bit more rationally and to just see what is happening, right? So it's not about never having negative emotions or never having bad thoughts. It's actually just about how do you manage them and how do you respond? And the best way to manage them is to have some sort of space that is dedicated purely to just kind of like observing your thoughts, whether it be meditating, journaling, therapy, or coaching, those kinds of things. So the third way is to really make, be making sure that we're labeling our thoughts and emotions and then deciding whether or not we want to respond to them. So this is kind of like what I was doing, uh, what I was saying um, first at the first point is kind of like experiencing that, um, that we are experiencing emotions. And then second to that, it's like, what emotion are you actually having? And really giving yourself space and time to be like, okay, I'm experiencing this emotion because so often we just run through our day and we might have a feeling or our body might be trying to tell us something, but we want to be more productive or we think that we need to, we're too busy. And so we don't actually give our bodies any time or space to tell us what it's feeling. And often there is so much wisdom inside of our bodies, but we don't ever give ourselves the space to actually listen to it. And this, is, and this is obviously going to feel really hard to do, to listen to our bodies and to be able to think about things critically, right? Thinking about things critically is really about taking in the whole picture and looking at it from all different perspectives. That's going to be really hard to do if you're not doing regular self-care and you're, burn, you're running yourself into the ground by being really busy, whether it be, again, personally or professionally. And if we look at this as Maslow's hierarchy of needs, 
Self-care, like I was saying before, um, can be so basic and oftentimes we really forget that our basic needs are so important because we think, oh, well, I have deadlines for work or I've got responsibilities and I'm not saying that you're not busy and I'm not saying that you're not doing the best that you can because you absolutely are, but oftentimes we let go of these really basic needs of like, oh, I'm just going to eat lunch at my desk because I'm really busy, but then you're never having rest and you're probably not going to be as productive had you have just had a half an hour rest eating your food and being really present on that thing. Or we don't sleep or we don't rest because we're like, oh, I'm really busy and I need to stay up late and I want to do this thing. And so then we just end up not sleeping enough and then we actually end up not being that productive either. Um, so it's really, really basic things. And then obviously, as we kind of check off those things, we can go up the hierarchy of needs. But it's really important that we do actually prioritize these things first and we don't wait to get extremely burnt out because when we actually allow ourselves to take care of ourselves first, it we are going to be more productive. We are going to be um, able to manage our responses better. We're going to be able to see things more clearly, right? Because like I was saying before, when you feel really stressed, your body has this automatic system where it goes into fight or flight and all it's going to focus on is that threat that is causing the stress. So that's why it feels when you're really stressed that all you can focus on is that one stress. But that obviously really stops you from seeing the full picture and that obviously stops you from coming up with really creative solutions or seeing things from a different perspective, which is what we're all about, right? And when you see things from a different perspective, it does give you that alternative solution that maybe no one's ever thought of before. And that's going to really set you aside from the, you know, the crowd or whatever. So that's why it's actually really important to allow yourself to go into a lower nervous system state where you're not constantly in fight or flight, where you're not constantly anxious and stressed. And I understand that can feel impossible, but honestly, just by checking your really basic um, self-care needs and then moving up from there, that's really how you're going to be able to help yourself to calm down and by feeling the feels as well, you're giving yourself the space to actually move through them rather than constantly trying to avoid them all the time because they will constantly come up and hit you in the face if you don't deal with them. And this kind of comes to my next, to the second way of how we're going to cope better is designing a good routine, right? This is so important for where we're at right now because there are so many things that we can't control. Um, so many things that we can't control, of course. And we know that by now. And we are really understanding that there are, there have always been so many things that we can't control. So we really, really need to make sure that we do focus on the things that we can control. So this experience, whilst uncomfortable now, um, is going to teach you so many things that are going to serve you for life. So I'm really excited to be teaching you about a good routine. So I want you to think now, maybe just thinking, or if you want, if you're taking notes, um, you can just maybe write down like three to five of your top priorities. And the trick with this is to just think about things or just the first things that come to your mind, right? So whether it be family, health, work, um, wealth, uh, anything that comes to mind first, just writing like three or five things that come to your mind first, because this is a really good place to start in terms of your priorities. So just writing a couple of those things down. And then I want, like most, a lot of people that I speak to, which always surprises me, don't really have a calendar that they actively schedule. Maybe you have a work calendar where meetings just get put in there and you just kind of like show up and you're just, again, kind of being really passive in the designing of your own life. So what I want you to really take away from today and maybe like a little bit of home play um, instead of homework, get it, <laughs> is to actively schedule out your life and making sure that you're really including your priorities into your calendar, into your schedule, because that's really what's, again, what you can control. Um, 
because even during working from home or social distancing where you feel like your routine really has been pulled out from underneath you, you can still schedule things in. You can still schedule um, doing Zoom calls with your friends. Like I've heard of so many people doing like wine and cheese nights over Zoom. Like what we're doing right now, you can just do like as a friendly catch up with your friends. Oh, friendly catch up with your friends um or you can do facetimes with your you know family or friends or maybe you want to do like for yeah i've written health looking up workouts if that's one of your um your values or your priorities as well scheduling that in and honestly scheduling it in so that you're making mini appointments with yourself every single day is going to make the world of a difference for you because it's going to make you feel like you're ticking off one list and something else recently that's been um, really helpful as well for me is to dedicating one kind of house chore that I've been doing um, a day and that makes me feel really accomplished and I feel like when we are working from home and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in depth is that it can be really tempting to because we're working from home and we're at home all the time we're like oh well I've got time to do it later on and something that can be done anytime often doesn't get done so by scheduling scheduling it in and making it like an appointment to see the doctor or or a meeting with yourself is going to make it so much more likely for it to actually happen and I don't know if any of you have any morning routines but Having a regular morning routine or just doing one thing first thing in the morning that's purely for yourself, whether it be journaling or meditating or going for a walk or listening to a podcast, it doesn't even have to be the same thing every day. But just setting up your morning with that one thing that's kind of an act of self-love for yourself is at least going to, firstly, it's going to build trust within yourself because you're committing and making a promise to yourself to to fill up your own cup every single day. And we know now how important it is to do self-care, but it's also going to help you to feel like you've accomplished something every single day and that you're actually progressing every single day and remember that it's so normal to have that resistance to doing that activity because your ego kind of want to keeps you playing safe and playing small and you committing to doing something that is um, going to help you to up level is something that is unknown to your ego because you're going to be creating a new up leveled version of yourself but just reminding yourself that that resistance is normal but to just move forwards with that activity anyway because you know how good it's going to feel afterwards and you know then at least every single day you've accomplished something and this is why it's really important to have um like to have things that you tick off basically and to not overwhelm yourself really focusing on like three to five things that you're going to achieve that day and then ticking them off and being really specific with what it is that you actually want. So instead of writing clean wardrobe, which is a huge monstrous task. And of course you're going to feel a lot of resistance towards that, write clean sock drawer and make it really specific and small and knowing that you tick it off and that gives you that sense of accomplishment, which then gives you more energy to achieve even more things. And then it also helps with really closing those loops and making you feel like you've can finish off the day with that sense of accomplishment, which is so important when you're working from home especially. So I've obviously been running my business since my physical location shut down about two years ago, 18 months ago. can't really remember. Time is all relative, isn't it? Um, So I do have a lot of tips in terms of like working from home because it's been something that I have been doing for the past two years, basically. Um, And at such a basic level, what you want to do is making sure that you are making your bed every single day, as you can see, point in case back here and getting dressed. Honestly, this is one of the most helpful things because making your bed, firstly, it just out of order in a calm, right? If you've ever heard of Gretchen Rubin, she is a great author. She um, 
has this book called The Happiness Project, but she also has another book called The Outer Order Inner Calm. And I really, really agree with this idea because it means that every single time you're going to be walking into your room and you see your bed made, it really just allows you to have that like feeling of things are made up and that's going to seep into all areas of your life, especially if you're coming in and out of your room constantly um, and getting dressed. I know the temptation is to stay in your pajamas all day, but getting dressed doesn't mean that you have to get into like full on corporate gear. It just means like putting on a different outfit for the day. And then, so you're getting change at nighttime as well so that you can, Oh, should I look at the chat? Oh, cool. Does getting dressed into gym wear count? Yes. You just have to get out of your, um, yeah, it's such a good tip. Oh, cool. I've just like found the chat. <laughs> How exciting. Um, you just have to get out of your pajamas to signal that the day is starting, right? Get dressed into your most comfy gym wear. I've been doing that for the past two years and it works like a treat, but just really get dressed out of your bed clothes into new clothes so that you're really creating like a difference between um, resting and working. So my next tips is, yeah, basically what I was saying before, the lines between relaxing and work can become really blurred. So it's really important to have ways to kind of like book end your day. So for me, I've been starting my days. Obviously, my morning routine is waking up, meditating, journaling, having a coffee. This has been something that I've been working on for a really long time because as someone that runs their own online business, it's so uncertain all the time. Like sometimes I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. And yes, I've, you know, obviously built it up to a place now where it's really established, but when it was first starting, I literally was just felt really out of my depth. Like I said, it was a lot of uncertainty. So for me, I really needed to anchor myself into a morning routine because I knew at least every single day that that was something that I could rely on. And it was building up that level of trust within myself because I was making a commitment to show up every single day, even though I didn't really feel like it. Um, but you could go for a walk in the morning and a walk at nighttime. When you finished work, you could do a workout in the morning and go for a work, go for a walk in the afternoon. You can do some, you know, just figure out a way that you can really bookend your days so that your body knows, okay, that is when I'm starting work and that is when I'm finishing work. And then once you have finished work for the day, make sure that you're closing your laptop and you've finished for the day. Something else that would be really, really helpful is to make sure that you do have some sort of dedicated workspace in your house, whether it be the same, like a similar spot in your kitchen table, or if you do have a desk, or if you're even lucky to have an actual home office, then that is really, really awesome because your brain gets then really accustomed to that, that habit. And then it can get really clicked into gear. That's why when you get to the office, you can already feel that kind of like switch into gear for, yes, this is work. This is where I'm meant to be kind of thing. And so that's why it's really important to have those sort of same um, routines as well for yourself. Um, and really making sure that you're sticking to your office hours as well, because obviously I can imagine for you, that you'll be having work calls and things to do within those office times. So really like allow yourself to stay within those office times. And obviously now your days might seem a lot more vast. And this is something that I really noticed when I transitioned from working in person to online was that I seem to have a lot more time during the day because you're not going out for lunches. You're not going out for coffees every day. You're not catching public transport or driving to work. And so suddenly you have all of this extra time during the day. So be kind with yourself and just allow yourself to like know, okay, well, I have an extra hour, which means that I can do more more of these self-care tasks. I can pri finally prioritize all of these things that I've been wanting more time to do, or I can do more of the housework and I can take more time cooking dinner and all of those kinds of things, because I know it can be so tempting to feel like, oh, well, I have more time, so I may as well just use it for work. But that is a surefire way to just let yourself get really burnt out and really overwhelmed. Um, and keeping your awake and asleep time. So I know, again, it's really tempting to just like sleep in or go to bed really late. But then what ends up happening is that you just like completely ruin your routine and your body thrives off routine. So really be 
quite strict with making sure that you're waking up at a similar time every day and going to bed at a similar time every day because your body has its circadian rhythm. So it gets really used to waking up and going to bed at a similar time every single day. So if you really want to make sure that you're thriving and, and controlling the things that you can control and feeling like you're still like making progress, stick to your awake times and sleep times. And that's also really going to help with you falling asleep at nighttime as well, because we all have been there where we've had too long of a sleep in in the morning and then we can't get to sleep that night. And then it feels like our whole week is ruined. So really be, um, strict, you know, but be, be kind to yourself. If you sleep in like half an hour, an hour later, it's okay. Just make sure that you still try to get to bed on the same time the next day so that you can maintain as much of your routine as you can. And so that you're really making sure that you're focusing on the things that you can control. So you are more resourceful than you think. This is something that I really want to remind all of you that I think a lot of us feel like when we aren't at the gym anymore, we don't have our, you know, we don't have our regular routine anymore that we have to suddenly give everything up. And I kind of spoke about this already before, but just really asking yourself instead of just thinking, well, I can't go to the gym anymore, so I can't do anything. Asking yourself, how can I be creative? How can I be resourceful? What, what is another perspective that I can actually look at from this situation? So my third way of coping better is impermanence. So every every single thing that we ever experience is impermanent and that is something that we can all take comfort in. And I know when we're feeling anxious or stressed or overwhelmed, it feels like it's never going to end, but it will 100% end. And it doesn't take away from the fact that the experience is uncomfortable and that it feels like we want it to end sooner rather than later. But what we all have to have trust in and faith in essentially is that every single experience is impermanent. Nothing will last forever. The mantra, this too shall pass. That's something that we all have to continually remind ourselves. And like, I feel like I'm already ready for the stage where I like look back at this time and I'm like, wow, what a crazy time to be alive. Um, But we can very much get caught up in this idea. And this is whether or not it is this whole situation that we're in at the moment or Sometimes a lot of the times I hear with my clients, if they gain like one or two kilos in that week, they're like, oh my God, I'm never going to stop gaining weight. Or if, you know, you miss one gym sessions a week, you're like, oh my God, that's it. Like I, I can't go to the gym ever again. And it's just like, hang on a second. Nothing is permanent. No way that you're feeling, no experience that you're feeling is ever permanent. Everything is constantly changing. Remember, that's one of the constant things that is definitely going to happen is change. Um, so this idea that things are going to last forever is what we call a self-limiting belief. So a belief is a thought that we have had over and over again in our mind that becomes a truth, right? And this is a really interesting thing. And I remember when I read about this, it was actually in um, Joe Dispenza's books. Um, I remember when I read about this, I was like really perplexed by it because I was like, surely the thoughts, like I'm not thinking, you know, crazy thoughts. I'm thinking like real things, like they are true. And through a lot of mentoring sessions, what I realized was that every single thought that we have is actually just a belief. So if we think that something's going to last forever, that is just a belief. And we don't walk. The tricky thing about beliefs is that we don't walk around saying, I believe that everything's going to last forever. It's more of just like a deeply ingrained thing that we have within us that we believe to be true. So what I really want you to notice over the next couple of days is any sort of thought that comes up that feels like, Um, really, you know, I don't know, any sort of thought that comes up. A lot of the work that I do with my clients is around healing their relationships with food. So often they have these beliefs, right? That is like pasta is going to make me fat or if I eat ice cream, it's going to make me fat overnight. And it's really about questioning that belief and asking yourself, is that actually true? Like, obviously there are other people in the world that are eating pasta and not getting fat, for example. Um, So it's really just about questioning everything that you think about. And it's not about judging the belief or the thought that you're having. It's just really about having that observative, non-judgmental mindset and thinking, is this something that I want to 
believe and how can I expose myself to someone who is living out a life that is my ideal outcome. So Joe Dispenza's work as well shows us that our neural pathways in our brain are actually plastic and through, so through processes of mental rehearsal, of journaling, of coaching, mentoring, meditating, we can actually change these pathways. But the first key step is always, always self-awareness. And often it can be really hard to notice these um, self-limiting beliefs if we don't put ourselves in situations where we are actually forced to question whether things are true or not. So detachment, this is where it's really important to think about detachment because sometimes we can get really attached to the way that things should be or the way that we believe that things should be. And Pema Chodron was that um, American Tibetan Buddhist that I was talking about right at the start. And she's the author of When Things Fall Apart. And she talks a lot about the idea of getting like hooked or attached, which causes us to create patterns of self-destruction or negativity. And that's when we feel really, really stuck, right? When we think things should be a certain way or why is this why is this not happening this way? And by allowing ourselves to understand that nothing is permanent, that we can be detached from everything, that obviously this is like a Buddhist um, philosophy. So putting it into practice in our own lives is obviously going to take... Um, practice, as I said, but it's really just about um, reminding ourselves that every single thing in the universe, in the world is actually neutral, right? It is only our response to it. And it is only us that gives us a meaning towards that situation or towards that person or towards that, whatever it is. Um, And I just really liked this quote that she said. So if someone comes along and shoots an arrow into your heart, it's fruitless to stand there and yell at the person. It would be much better to turn your attention to the fact that there's an arrow in your heart, right? So this is what I was talking about before. We can get really hooked on the idea of like everything that's happening around us, everything that's changing. Why is this happening to us? Which is futile because it's not going to help us. Instead, it's like, what can I do? What, how can I make a difference? How can I respond in this situation? And really coming back to detaching from what's going on around you and detaching from the way that things should be and allowing yourself to have a new response and choosing a fresh alternative. And so this is also something that Pema Chodron talks about a lot is choosing a fresh alternative. And it's again, this Buddhist kind of like philosophy of like whatever arises is fresh and the essence of realization. So whatever thought that you're having, it's coming at it from like a fresh mind instead of being like, why am I having this thought again? Or it should be, I should be responding differently or the world should be doing differently. It's just always coming to things with that like fresh new realization of like, oh, okay, this is happening. And like, oh, what, how can I move differently forwards in the world? And that kind of thing. Instead of thinking that things are good or bad or they should be a certain way, it's just always allowing yourself to have like a fresh realization and not getting really attached to what's happening in the past. Because as soon as we get to attach to what's happening in the past or what's happening around us, that is what keeps us really stuck. Um, So another guy that I really like uh, his work, I suppose, is Brendan Bouchard. And um, he's got a really good podcast if you guys are looking for a podcast to listen to, um, not his podcast, but he was on the Impact Theory with Tommy Tom Billu. Don't know really how to pronounce it, but that's fine. Um, and he speaks a lot about how he had also a near death experience when he was like nineteen, and that changed like the whole course of his life. And now he's like a multi million dollar high performance coach. Um, and what he talks about 
is uh, your personal power is linked to personal responsibility, which most people avoid. And that's because we get so attached to the idea of like, well, if I'm being sad, then I can't possibly be successful. Or if I'm emotional, then I can't possibly be successful, for example. So it's really about just taking personal responsibility for like, yes, I get to feel like this or I have done this. How can I move forwards with it? And what can I do forwards with it? It's really, that is really taking our power back. And for most of us, that's going to feel really vulnerable when we start. But the more that we practice that through having things like journaling or meditating or just even being aware and labeling and noticing our emotions, the more that we're going to be able to grow that power. And if you think about all of the powerful people that you know in your world, it's because they're really taking radical responsibility for the things in their life, for the way that they respond and the thoughts and the emotions that they're having. And uh, Brendan Bouchard talks a lot about being the observer rather than judging yourself um, to judging yourself about what has happened or, you know, if you can even, you can still say that maybe something didn't go well, but it's really about releasing the judgment around, well, that means you're a shit person or that means that you're not good enough. It's just like, okay, that didn't go well. What can I do to move forwards and really removing your own like feelings around or removing your own like prejudices around what that means of you and just so that you can actually move forwards. Um, okay. That's pretty much the entire, um, lunch and learn that I had prepared for you. If you have any questions, I would absolutely love to hear from you. Any reflections, um, where we have the little chat. So interesting about the someone else is worse off than me. I always use, try and use that to leverage a chance to look at things in a different perspective, but it, but you're right. It's important to understand and own our situation. Yeah. I mean, it's not about like, it doesn't mean that we are like, downing other people's um, problems that they might have or tragedies even or experiences that they might have. It's just more about understanding that you also are totally in your right to have any sort of feelings or experiences and you are allowed to have your responses as well. Um, And that's actually really, really important to acknowledge because if we are constantly just putting, trying to not feel and trying to not have emotions, then we're not going to be able to show up to the best of our ability. And that obviously means we're not going to be able to serve those around us. We're not going to be able to be the best friend, the best partner, the best family member if we're constantly avoiding and running away from other emotions, because that takes a lot of energy as well. Um, Yeah. Maslow's hierarchy definitely blasts from the past. Getting dressed is the best tip. Gym wear does count. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Okay. So if anyone has any questions, let me know. It's been an absolute pleasure to have all of you. Um, Really, I feel like for me, what I've really, really come to realize is that this is a time where we have really noticed how important it is to take care of ourselves. And more than ever, we have realized how lucky we are to to have the opportunity to take care of ourselves, to be as healthy as possible. And we really, really need to start prioritizing that more than ever before because we realize not only does it have an impact on our ability to experience life, but it's also going to have obviously such a huge impact on every single person around us. And this is why self-care isn't isn't selfish. It's not selfish. It's actually so freaking fundamental to the world around us. So that's why I put yourself first so that you can help everyone else around us. Ah, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, if you would like to learn more, head to my website and as by fitness.com. If you want to, if you would like to learn more about how we can work together, like I said before, I have a bunch of different like coaching offerings that you can um, contact me about. So head to my website, put in a contact form. Um, otherwise subscribe and download the peaceful body podcast. 
and follow me on Instagram. I am all up in the stories. I'm constantly giving out daily tips, daily reflections, um, as well as like health and mindset tips as well. So thank you so much everyone for coming. Um, yeah, like I said, you more, I'll put my website in here so that you can check it out. And if you want to find out more about me, um, you can either do a contact form through my website or you can send me a DM on Instagram because um, that is where I love to hang out. Um, thank you so much, lovelies. It was great to be able to hang out with you. Thank you for um, being here with me. It's really nice to have um, to be able to share this space with you and to be able to offer some of the tips that I have learned over the past couple of years in my own journey and know that this is just the start. And I really feel like because whilst I was saying we're all having our own individual experiences, well, we are also having such a collective upgrade in the way that we view the world and the way that we need to be taking care of ourselves. And I honestly think there are going to be so many positive changes that are going to come out of this. I think that workplaces are going to need to be more flexible. I think that we are going to be really acknowledging how much our own health impacts the world. I think that we're all going to be so much cleaner than ever before. So I know it feels like we're really in the thick of it now. Right now, we are really in the med in the middle. And that's really messy because we don't know how to deal with it. But it's also where the magic happens and this whole experience gets to make us really resilient. So thank you so much for being a part of this call. I really appreciate it. And um, I'll leave you all there. Thank you.